Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. The best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you get paid the podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. So come on. Come on to Anchor. Get your podcast started. It's the best way to podcast. It's easy. It's free. Can't be free. Come on over right now. And you get paid to podcast. So if you always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm forward slash start to join me in a diverse community of podcasts already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm forward slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. What's going on? What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? I'm your host for today, Grand Hefe, as I am every single day of the week. Get ready for another episode of Unpopular Opinion. Uh, today is Thursday, special episode Thursday. Uh, if you guys uh, remember, on Tuesdays and Thursdays are my days for special guests. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays are my normal days on. Here I am with a, with a guest on. Today's been on the show. Um, one of my good, good, good people, friends here. Uh, he's the third of one third of the show on um RTS Sports Live. He also is on the Big Brew Breakdown. Uh uh welcome to the show again, uh Mr. Matthew Lyle. How you doing today? I'm doing good. Uh, was it was a Grand Hefe? Did I miss that? Is that yeah. what Okay. Yeah. Uh, I will uh as a guest on the show, I will address you accordingly. Um <laughs> Oh no! I'm you can good. call me. You can call me. <laughs> you you can call me. That that's just you know my little thing that I like to do right. on the show. <laughs> well, uh, but no, I'm good, man. Uh, uh, honored to be on again. Uh, it's been a long time. I know we've had some ideas cooking. It's yes. just tough to, you know, uh, <clears throat> it's tough to get everything going. You know, I'm, I'm trying to work on four or five shows myself. At uh, and, and when when it's not a part of your actual job, you know, you got to try to squeeze it in. We can. So I, I'm, I'm exactly. Really I'm really thrilled to uh, be on, so thanks for having me. Oh, no. Hey, listen, man. The pleasure's all mine to have another, you know, good sports mind on the show. That, that That's always a plus, you know. So, uh, hey, man, you know, we're we, we going to get into some stuff right here, but let's get into some serious news real quick uh, before we get into, I guess, the, the, the child's play of everything, just normal sports stuff. Uh, Mark Cuban, man, you know, the Dallas Mavericks, they came out and, Basically, you know, they, they, they found that they was, you know, called for um, workplace uh, misconduct. You know, uh, a couple employees got in trouble with uh, domestic violence, um, sexual sexual assault. You know, one, one of the CEOs, you know, he's kissing employees, touching employees, you know, that he has no business touching. What's your, what's your you know, overall take on this? You know, just let loose. No, no, you know. Well, um, I'll be honest with you, and, and maybe this is what people say when they say, um, you know, middle America privilege. 
or or, or whatever maybe because I was I as someone who works in an office, I was surprised that this actually does happen so rampant. Um, reading that entire report, I, I couldn't wrap my mind around it. You know, working with my bosses and my boss's bosses and the big wigs at the company I work for, I just could not fathom that someone is doing the things that the CEO was doing. Uh, the the main man in the um, the ticket department, he was he, he was he was looking at, at, at adult material, not definitely yes. non yes definitely pornography non- in the workplace. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, so. <clears throat> First off, I mean, it, 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 was, it was shocked me to see that that's going on, on a, at a workplace for a place that you see. I mean, everybody thinks – I think this furthers the point that the NBA and sports is a business because when you think Dallas Mavericks, you think just a basketball team. They're practicing. They're hooping. They're putting in games. But this is what goes on behind the scenes? I mean – Exactly. For 20 years. Uh, for 20 for, years. O- over a span of 20 years, you know. I just so, my thing is I just don't know how Mark Cuban, you know, I understand, you know, he he is one of the one owners that thinks he has his hand in every single thing, you know. And I seen the the interview to Nichols, you know, on the jump, and he was saying, you know, he probably only stepped in the the business side of that office maybe five times, you know, in, in 15 years. And to me, I just I just kind of find that laughable for a guy who likes to have his hand in, in some of everything to not know what's been going on for 20 years, you know, and it said one of his assistants had already been, you know, caught for domestic violence. And, you know, he, he actually let him keep his job, you know, uh, and this was the CEO, I believe that, um, that this happened to, but the other employee, he was gone right away. I just don't, I it just don't understand. To me, it just seemed like the more money you have, because I think, you know, that $10 million write-off, to whatever women's organization you know he wanted to go to it seemed like that money money you know kind of bought his way out of a suspension do you think he should have been suspended so that I, I i've been thinking about that since reading the report you know we talked yesterday and you said this was going to be on the show uh since reading the report I, I don't know because i do truly think based on reading the report reading his emails reading the way that he reacted to some of these guys you know, when the, when the initial guy was found with the pornography, he, his email was strict. He said, don't ever do it again or you're gone. You know, he, he did these things. And I don't I don't doubt for a bit that he wasn't in that office very much. And, and I, I fully believe that a lot of the guys, a lot of the six figure men that worked for him kept things from him. Now, with that being said, that that explains it, but that doesn't excuse it. You know, that explains how this occurred, but you're the owner. Mm-hmm. This is your baby. Exactly. This exactly. Is, this is your house. You ha- No matter how big that house is, no matter how many family members in that house, you have to toe the right line. And- I mean, they fired, what, Patino down there just for having strippers in the, in, in, in the dorms, you know? Well, so well, the thing with Patino, Patino's was ongoing. He had already had other sexual nature uh, claims and, and things. You know, that's correct. There, that's there was also correct. There was a collusion and regarding an affair and, and and some things with that 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 finally caught up with him. Uh, but twenty years, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like on the things. I, here's what I think it is, and I, I think in 2018, this excuse does not fly anymore. I think he. On things he truly took out of his time to understand and grasp. 
you know, pornography, the, the sexual harassment. Uh, there, there was a story of a, a condom falling out of a pant leg. Um, <laughs> on things like that, I, I think he reacted somewhat appropriately, being disconnected as he was. I mean, he, he, he seemed to act pretty swift on some of them. But the problem is being too rich or being too busy or being too important doesn't fly in 2018. Definitely agree with that everything a- that's going on. People are on their phones every single, all the time. There, there, there's no way that he couldn't know. And I also agree with you. I, I, I think they probably should have suspended him for maybe like a month or two or so, just because uh, he is the owner of that team. And he did let this stuff a long time. But I do agree with you. He acted kind of swift in a lot of these things. And, and, and it's not as if he was the one actually doing this you know mm-hmm. actually you know committing these things i.e donald sterling uh richardson you know I, I so in that respect i think they should just at least suspend him because to me for him writing a ten dollar a uh, ten million dollar check that's that's basically a slap on the wrist for a guy like mark cuban i mean this guy is filthy filthy well, and the, you know and the thing with go ahead. the thing with mark cuban the money's not going to hurt him he is one of the owners that loves being courtside he loves exactly. being behind the bench. So, yes, this could uh, – a suspension, whether it be a month, whether it be, you know, half the home games, whatever you want it to be, that would hit him more than any money. Now, if, if you do it to the bus family or, or, or some of these, these guys that aren't basketball-oriented, they're just here for the money, that, 10, that, mm-hmm. that, that $10 million may really hurt them, especially if it's in a small market. But Mark Cuban, he's got tons of money. His, his soul – Profit doesn't come from the Mavericks. He, this is just kind of his hobby, his investment. This is something he enjoys doing. I mean, he probably makes equally about his money every time you see him on Shark Tank or doing whatever he does. Um, and he was the actual one that wanted to write that $10 million check because, you know, the league can only find them $2.5 million. So that well, extra $7.5 million was that. I think that was that extra insurance. Like, yeah, don't 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 suspend me, uh, Adam Silver, because look what I'm doing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think to him the most important thing is, is A, being with his team physically, mm-hmm. and B, mm-hmm. being with his team emotionally, if you'll say, having his team. Because everybody's, you know, everybody's always said that Dallas is one with great owners. They're, you know, they're great owners. Yep. They're, they have a very player-friendly locker room. Mm-hmm. And, All the players always talk about how good Mark Cuban is and, as an owner. Exactly. And how much they love him. And yeah. I, I think what he's afraid of, if this comes with a, a 20 game home suspension or a month long suspension, not only physically can he not be with his team, that, that image is going to last. Where if Adam Silver accepts 10 million, 15 million, 20 million dollars, uh, we get to sweep this under the rug. And then by the time the ball tips off in a couple of months, We've all forgot, and when you see Mark Cuban's, you know, smiling face there on the bench, you kind of forget about it. But if, but if, if they don't accept that as being enough, and they they do suspend him every time the Mavericks are on TV, which they're a pretty bad team, so it's not all the time. But but exactly. even even in local markets when it's on TV, and they and the, the camera pans to where he usually is, and he's not there. Guess what? That's going to be talked about. You know. Yep. Instead of the basketball game, it, I definitely agree. Mark Cuban is one of those guys. He. He, he likes to sit courtside. He like to he like to yell at the ref. You know, he 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 is one of the more engaged. Excuse me, he's one of the more engaged owners outside of Steve Ballmer that we have in in, in the NBA and or in, in sports um in general. 
So I definitely think, you know, that's that's actually huge. You know, the fact that every time they play the Mavericks game, if Mark Cuban not sitting on the sideline, that's going to be another spark, almost kind of like the the protest anthem the, debate. You know, at the beginning of the game, they panning down the sideline just to see who who's not out there, who's kneeling, who's mm-hmm. doing whatever, you know, and that's the one focus that's talked about. So I definitely agree with you on that point, you know. But, Mark, this is this is actually a crazy situation. I had remember hearing about this situation, you know, probably, you know, a little while back. And I, I, I just thought they swept it under the rug until it came out yesterday, you know. And like you say, reading this report, man, it was some it, it was some pretty crazy things that was going on. And, you know, some of the I'm just going to um, say some of the rules that, that, that they have to deal with now. Now they have to go through quarterly, random quarterly. um what is it? Uh, surveys or whatever it's called. Uh, you know, they they also have to hire more more females. Mm-hmm. How do you think this is actually going to play out? Um, well, I, I think they're going to have to abide, and I, I think, well, as much as I hate to say it, I think they're going to do the American thing here, and and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but they're uh-huh. they're going to walk that line great for about a year, and then. Um, It'll, it'll, it'll slack off, um, and then once all these procedures, you'll forget about it, and, and hopefully it never comes back. But I don't think they're going to be as mindful of it outside of this first season. Uh, that, that's the thing with today's social media culture, that we're quick to, to blow up and, and be on something and be passionate about it, but we're also as quick, yep. easily, we're, we're, we're as easily and quickly to, to move on to something else. I always and, call it fake caring. That's what I call it. Everybody want to find something to fake care about for a little bit. And then, you know, is that, you know, I talked about this on the show a few, not to cut you off, but I talked about this on the show um, a couple months back about all these, these kids that, you know, Trump was, 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 was separating from their families. Who's talking about that stuff now? Nobody. Yeah. It's just something to fake care about for the time being, you know, and then we're going to find something else to care about and move right on. And nobody even care about those kids anymore. I, I definitely agree. This is going to be the same situation. They're going to toe that line to the to the T, and then after a while, nobody's going to care again. So I'm hoping it never comes back, like you say. But I I'm, I agree with everything you just said. They're going to tow it until yeah, uh, it just goes away. Well, and, and definitely not wanting to uh, to swipe, side swap the show with this. I think that's human nature allows for a, a, a large degree of selfishness. And in my opinion, people care about things that are in their face. I, I, I don't. I wouldn't go as far as saying it's fake care because I think the care is legitimate. But they only care about it in the sense that since it's in front of them, it could affect them. Do you remember uh, just in the last couple of years how many diseases ha- ha- were we all going to die from and catch? And and, <laughs> and, and, and people st- they're they're rushing to get these vaccines and they're rushing to do all this. And then I don't want to go into some kind of conspiracy theory on that. But it's in your face, so now you care about it because, you know, the, the thing with the, the children and, and the, the border, it's in your face. Now you care about it, and now you're super afraid that's going to happen to you or someone you care about, so now you have to do something about it. But once it's gone, it's out of sight, out of mind. Now the next thing that's on TV is, is almost, you know, yep. that this Dallas Mavericks thing is going to be all over the TV. So now everybody who goes to work is – Am I going to be sexually harassed? Is my wife going to be sexually harassed? Is my daughter going to be sexually harassed? Is, is, is this person that I know going to be harassed? And, but the moment it's gone, that, that out of sight, out of mind. And the sad thing about it is, especially in a situation like this, yes, it may stop in Dallas. 
yes, it may stop for the Mavericks. But uh-huh. once this is out of everybody's sight and everybody's mind, it's still going to happen to people. And those people aren't going to get the same support and awareness that Dallas got. And, and that's why I do have a problem with the term, you know, I, I don't the term exactly, but what you were alluding to with the fake carrying, because uh-huh. those people get the same support and caring that's going to come over the next couple of weeks. You know, when, when this happens in 2020 on a much smaller scale, when it happens at Bicycle Incorporated and Bicycle Incorporated doesn't have its own channel. It, it's not going. It's going to go unnoticed. It's going to go untalked about. It's going to go uncared about. So let me ask you a question. Uh, do you think that the NBA, Adam Silver, because you say that you don't think he should have been suspended, uh, but do you think that they handled this correctly for what you just got through saying for the 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 you know the long run for the women that's that's out there thinking right now? Well, dang, do they even care? Kind of like what the NFL did with Ray Rice. We're going to suspend him for two games until the tape comes out and everybody get outraged. Oh, and then, oh, shoot, now we got to actually do something about it. So now we're going to try to bring the hammer down. Do you think that that they probably should have brung the hammer down right away, uh, right now, to to stop that later on in the future? Or do you think they handled it uh, as good as they can handle, you know, this situation? So uh... – I don't want to. I don't want to cop out on this. To clarify, I don't. I don't know if he should have been suspended. I don't. I don't know mm-hmm. that whole. No, it's, I don't, it's I, all I, opinion based. Yeah, right. it's all opinion like, based. I, I don't. I don't know what it should be. But I will be. I will tell you this. I don't know what the right answer is. Uh-huh. But based on history, Adam Silver will get as close to it as any other sports commissioner would. Um, because, and, and I'm not saying Adam Silver is the world's greatest. But no, I think he's pretty fair. He's one of the well, best commissioners out, you know, out there that I've seen. Well, he's in a sport where the play, the the faces are the players. Roger Goodell gets to hide behind the shield. He gets to hide behind the owners because the NFL fans are going to cheer for anybody in that helmet and shoulder pads. The same doesn't work for the NBA. There's That's a correct. reason Kobe got to keep his job. 40 years, you know, 10 years past his prime or whatever you want to say. There's a, there's a reason <laughs> the that, Carter. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason that LeBron James is going to catch love no matter where he goes because you get to see his face. LeBron James gets to make noise because you see him. When you yep. see him on a commercial, it's LeBron James. No matter, he could be wearing a Carhartt jacket and overalls, and you're like, that's LeBron James. You know this. You know the NBA stars. So Adam Silver has to be much more careful. He doesn't get to just really play by the seat of his pants, kind of like a Roger Goodell does or uh, the, the commissioner of the MLB because the MLB's mindset's 50 years in the past. Yep. Uh, he, has to be, he has to be more cutting edge. When everyone else is saying, nope, steroids and weed will never be allowed here, Adam Silver has to say, well, you know my players. You know my product. My product speaks for itself without me speaking. So if I'm not careful, it will send the message before I can. So I don't know what the right solution is. I don't know what um, Adam Silver is going to do. But I I do have confidence that whatever that right answer is, he's going to get closer to it than if this was at any other sport. I definitely agree. Uh, Let's let's move on real quick. Um, Jimmy Butler, man, uh, I – I have been here, and I'm pretty sure you have too. You just as plugged in, and you know, watching all the sports networks and all that other stuff, just as I am. Uh, I have been hearing for a minute that Jimmy Butler, you know, he's been having friction with 
Carl Anthony Towns, you know, saying that he only care about his, his individual stats. You know, he don't really care about winning. You know, winning is, is secondary to, you know, his primary goal is to get a lot of stats. Andrew Wiggins, you know, boy, that what were a lot of people wrong uh, with Andrew Wiggins, you know, when they were saying, why will LeBron James not want to play with Andrew Wiggins and why would he want to go get Kevin Love? Well, Jimmy Butler is probably proving that, that, you know, Jimmy Butler came out and said that he he just don't have the heart, you know, of, of a champion or just the heart, period. And now he wants out of Minnesota, Um, cited the three teams he wanted to go to, which I honestly don't really understand neither one of these three teams that he want to go to. But he said he wants to go to the Knicks the Nets or the Clippers, uh, but he prefers to go to the Clippers so they can, you know, he wanted to go to these teams so they can sign another max player. Um, and a lot of people has been, before I get to that decision, a lot of people has been saying, you know, uh, nobody wants to go play with LeBron. You know, uh, when the narrative always, always used to be everybody wants to play with LeBron. And now, you know, people, they point out Kawhi Leonard, they point out um uh Paul George standing OKC and now Jimmy Butler saying you know no no bueno to the the Lakers uh what do you think about this situation as a whole well first off it, I, I'm not saying that you and I are these type of people but there's there's been a large fan base that say oh I missed the Jordan the Jordan era I missed the Charles Barkley era I missed the the Isaiah Thomas where each one of these guys stayed in their own uniforms mm-hmm. and they wanted to battle and they wanted to prove it but then you can't say that, but then on the same foot, say, look at Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler comes across as if he wants to be that. If he wants to be that one-man crusade, maybe pick up another star. You know, in today's time period, two stars is, is kind of doing it on your it's own. Mandatory. It's mandatory. Right. It's mandatory now, man. <laughs> so uh, I, I think he's just – he's got that old-school mentality. He's a little like Russell Westbrook, except – because if you think back to the 90s, no one truly wanted to be a point guard in the, in the late 90s, early 2000s. Everybody wanted to be that two guard. They wanted to be that Jordan, that Kobe. AI even played a lot of two yep. guards, yep. even though he was a primary ball handler, because everybody wanted that glory of being the shooting guard. A lot of the emphasis was on shooting guard, meaning you took the shots when Shot, and yep. where you wanted. And Jimmy Butler is cut from that same cloth. And when you put him with today's time, where I, I think the – I think the NBA blueprint today is getting to the point where you're great in college, you're great in high school, you get drafted by a bad team in the pros, you spend the first three to five years of your career just putting up absurd numbers and having a horrible team, and then in that second year, you combine with a buddy, and then you start winning your rings. So I think Carl Anthony Town and Anthony Wiggins, or I'm sorry, Andrew Wiggins are, are sitting there and they're chilling and they're saying, hey, I, I want to put up my 2010 numbers, you know, 20 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, whatever. Uh-huh, and then, whatever you got. And then when I'm 25, 26, I'll sign with, insert point, I'll, you know, if you're Anthony Towns, I'll sign with Phoenix and Devin Booker, or I'll sign with this team, this person, and this person, and that's when my rings will come. I don't need those rings now. Jimmy Butler's on the other end. Jimmy Butler's already got that scoring. He's already made the all-star teams. He's wanting that ring now. I, I definitely agree with you, man. I, I just didn't, I just don't understand, you know. Uh, I mean, I, I get it. He don't want to play with LeBron. It is a lot of pressure to play with LeBron, you know, because LeBron requires so much out of out of people. And, you know, whenever you lose, you know, you're going to get that, that the finger pointed um, at, hey, why did we lose, you know? And then, you know, 
LeBron always going to have his stat lines. He's going to always put up his numbers. But it's always that that second star. It was Kyrie. It's Chris Bosh. It's, you know, Kevin Love. Uh, it's, it's D-Wade because he hurt. He don't play enough games, you know. Uh, so I, I honestly believe that Jimmy Butler said, I, I don't think so when it came to, to getting the blame. Because, you know, the, the Clippers, who, what are they going to win? You know, like, honestly, like, to me, what are they going to win? And who are you going to attract uh, and uh, plan for the Clippers outside of Kawhi? And do you really believe that Kawhi and Jimmy Butler can get it done? Do you think they can get past the Warriors? Or even if Kyrie stay with Boston right now, do you think, you know, that, that, that they can get past Boston? Uh, to, to me, I say no. I, I think maybe your hope is if you're Jimmy Butler, you can go to the Knicks – Maybe. And I know the Clippers are his number one team, but the most successful map would be him and, and Kyrie going to the Knicks and playing with Persingas. And you kind of got a good – you got two good guards and a good power forward, and you just fill the rest. But I, I want to take a second and, and look. A lot of people – no. one of the things I think is going to go underrated and, or, or um, it's going to go absolutely underrated or and, and unloved, unnoticed, un, uh-huh. un, unloved. It's always definitely noticed. It's unloved is what Golden State is doing. Everyone wants to say those rings don't count. Durant's there. Steph's there. Clay's there. Draymond's there. You got Boogie now. That's that's unfair. Those don't count. But I want to say step back and look. Look at how many All-Stars have tried to come together. And, and everybody's like, oh, they got four. There's teams that struggle to make two of them work. There's – most of the time, Miami struggled to make three of them truly shine. When you watch yeah. those, when you watch they, those Heat they teams, first year they was twenty and twenty one. You know, coming right. up on the All Star break. But, but even when they're winning the national, even when they're winning the championship, guys are taking big, huge step backs on playing time. Not not only in playing time, but productivity. Chris Bosh that that really hurt his career. Kevin Love became one of the the best rebound went from being one of the best rebounds to to the butt of a lot of jokes. And now you got a team in Golden State who has fit the pieces so perfectly that they are doing one of the toughest things, and that's getting four All Stars now five play as one and make it look as easy as you think it is. Because I assure you, it's not that easy. I'm I'm even going to go a step further. You give me an NBA team with Kyrie at point guard, Jimmy Butler at the two guard, LeBron at the three, or Kawhi at the three, LeBron at the four, and DeAndre Jordan at the five. And that team in three years would be so torn apart, and you would hear so much drama coming from that team that you haven't heard a peep come out of Golden State, except for here recently, I guess there were some rumblings, whatever. But, I think you definitely got a point there. Uh, it's not easy getting guys to buy in, especially guys who already proven in the NBA. At you know, it, Clay now might have not have been proven at first, but now you you know who 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 that team is now. You know you know who who Clay Thompson is and Draymond Green to a lesser degree. Uh, to me, I think Draymond is the engine that makes that team go. I think without Draymond Green, and he's probably the less talented out of all of those guys. I think he's the guy that made that team go. But I definitely agree with you. It's not getting it's not easy getting guys to buy in, you know, to start taking less shots, 
you know, to, to share some of their spotlight with another guy, you know, as it as it um it is in, in Golden State. You you don't hear anything out of Golden State. Even when they argue on the court, it's 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 almost friendly, you know. It's 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 not like they're yelling at each other. They they all like coaching each other. So I think you definitely have a point there. It's definitely hard to get these guys, you know, to completely buy in and to, you know, to let go of their egos. Uh, this year is going to be kind of tough for them, though. You know, they do have Draymond Green, and now they add Boogie Cousins, who sometimes could be a, a, a wild card, you know. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how they work him in there uh, with this group that's that's already been, been gelling. Well, one thing that also the Warriors do that I think is kind of uh, funny, and, and I saw this over the last couple of years, JaVale McGee and Swaggy P was the butt of so many jokes. But at the end of their title runs, Warrior haters now attempt to say, well, uh, bro, JaVale McGee's seven foot tall. Of course he's going to ball. Well, you were <laughs> laughing at him when he was with the Wizards and Nuggets. Yeah, you know, Swaggy Swaggy P's a heck of a scorer. Sacking the fool, right? Swaggy P's one of the best scorers in the league, really, because you wasn't saying none of that when he was with the Lakers. You know, outside of that one good year he had, I definitely so it, agree. It, People get it, amnesia it, real quick, right? And it cracks me up because you you want to try to bring that down. And as far as your statement on Boogie, and, and I, we probably pumped the brakes on this because we're not NBA season, but I think what they're going to do is you're going to see a lot of guys with tweaked ankles. So, you know, when, when Boogie's healthy, once Boogie gets like 100% in January or February, Draymond might have a, a tweaked ankle for a week. So now Boogie has to be the, the, the best big man for a little while. And then once that's, once that's resolved, Kevin Durant might be uh, fighting the flu. So now mm-hmm. you have to, you know, they, they, either the, the Warriors are either lucky, unlucky, or they're super smart. Because either they have little injuries throughout the higher season, which never really their, impacts their the... training staff is the best, man. <laughs> yeah, hey, their training Steph, staff is the best. Steph Clay's numbers have been going down. I think you need to let this calf heal while Clay, <laughs> while Clay goes for thirty for the next three nights, and then you'll be fine. And then and then when Steph comes back, Clay Steph's been gone for the last two weeks while you've been going for thirty points. I think your shoulder looks a little bum while yes. Steph gets back in the rhythm. <laughs> so when the and then and then hey Steph and, and Clay, you know I think you guys ate some bad lobster. I need you to sit this game out because I think Durant's going to go for fifty. And it's, it's just funny little, you say that, man, because that's that's it seems like that's exactly how it goes, man. Steph was and, hurt almost all playoffs, and then he comes back, and what happens? Uh, Clay Thompson' knee is messed up. You know he gets foul hard, and his knee is messed up. And then it, it, it's funny because that seems how, how it happens. Which I'm not saying that the, the, they're faking it and they're no, bringing it. Of course it, not. Of course but not. I, but I think they, with, when you have that much talent in the regular season and you have an 82 game season, it's easy to say, hey, Clay, you know, your hip's not quite 100%. You had a, a bit of a fall in practice. Popovich do it, does it all the time. I want you. Yeah, but the thing with Popovich, he does it with all the teams. He didn't yeah. do the entire team. <laughs> uh, the, the Warriors still leave themselves with two All-Stars. And, and it's so crazy because I think what that does is that feeds their hunger. And then when the ball's tipped in the playoffs, everybody's had a triple-double. Everybody's that, had a 30-point game. And that also helps guys like Jordan Bell, who's a rookie last year, emerge, you know, and play more minutes, you know. 
that 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 is really that's that's a really good point because when guys are out now other guys get a chance to step in and you know I think the Warriors is a well or machine man and it, it's going to be a while before anybody stop them even if they get two or three catastrophic injuries I think the the one person they can't lose is Kevin Durant I think the next person they can't lose is Draymond Green I think other than that you know I think they they're still the best team in the league regardless of who else is out. Uh, certainly, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense on that one. And, you know. Uh, uh, go ahead. No, nah, I was just wrapping up that thought. Oh, so let me go to something that's near and dear to your heart. Uh, you know, your boy Brady has been in the news uh, lately. Uh, you know, Ian O'Connor, ESPN, you know, he can't, he's supposed to be coming out with a book. You know, almost thought that Bill Belichick was going to push him out. Um and all this other stuff because he doesn't praise him. He doesn't give him the credit when it's due. And uh, I just want to ask, do you think that Brady is being too soft here, or do you think that Belichick needs to show more appreciation for his quarterback? Both. I mean, like, so for example, and, and I, I love making metaphors and connecting other things. Another, uh-huh. per, another person that's hot in the news lately here is Eminem. Um mm-hmm. And a lot of people, he's very polarizing. Either you love it or you hate it or you once loved it and now you hate it. Um, and, and it's because once you get to a point in your career, that, that level of proof, you literally have to make up stuff to prove. Like, like literally Eminem's best song in the last 15, not, not 15 years, 10, 12, 13 years, maybe even 15, since 04, 03, was, the, in my opinion, the one against Machine Gun Kelly. He had to, he had to fabricate something to keep him focused. Tom Brady came in the NFL seventh round pick. He was hungry. Won three Super Bowls. No one gave him respect. Then got Randy Moss. Went to the Super Bowl. Lost. Won two more Super Bowls. Now he's getting the respect. Everybody widely calls him the GOAT. Now you might have a couple people who say no, he's not, or he's he's one B or whatever. But for the uh-huh. most for the most part, it's common. It, it, it's common consensus that he's elite. He's definitely the greatest quarterback of my generation. That's that's for sure. So now he has to find something to keep him going. And I think when at this point in his career, the he can't turn on ESPN and hear naysayers. He can't read old draft stocks and get naysayers. Twitter might have a couple, but Twitter's just so crazy that you're going to hear everything. Yeah, so yeah, he, you're never going to be, he you ha- know, 100% on Twitter. He has to find something that's true to him to keep him going. And I think when he think when he sits at home and, and, and he's thinking, and I'm, I'm not saying that it was the same with Eminem and Tom Brady. I'm not thinking that they're making this up and they think they know they're making it up. Their competitive brain in their sleep searches. Yep. And the greats, all the greats does it, do it, it, it though. They have it, to find that one thing. You exactly. Know, oh, oh you're trying to slight me, huh? Okay, it, I'm going to go out there and show you. Yeah, and, I understand it. And I think somewhere Tom Brady woke up and said, you know what? Bill ain't said nothing nice to you in a couple of years. <laughs> I'm mad about that. And then, now, now do, I, do I think there came some insecurities? Because confidence is bred from insecurities and your, your attempt to overcome that and all this. Do I think that that 2016 year, that 2016 year when when Garoppolo came out and played crazy, I think okay, he, yeah. he he woke up in the middle of the night and he said, "Belichick hasn't complimented you." He Plus, had, to add he, on to that, man, Bill Belichick heaped some good praise on Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, even when he drafted him back in 2014, you know, 
he he talked about how Tom Brady was getting older and all that other stuff and how is it'll be better it's best in that the quarterback position to be early than it is to be late. I think Tom Brady was kind of feeling some of that pressure. You know that hey, this guy G- Jimmy G is actually pretty good. You know, and well, Bill Belichick and Bill likes him. So you know, maybe I need to do something. Well, what about what about this? What what about this? If you want naysayers and you want people who is just dying to be the one to correctly pick when Tom Brady falls from graces, you can turn on ESPN or Fox Sports One and you can find a hundred people making that argument. I want to make another argument, and maybe this is coming from a fan standpoint. Mm-hmm. What, what if Bill Belichick truly is such a great coach that around 2013, when it had been a couple years, you know, they made the Super Bowl in 07, they, they lost in 12, it had been a couple years, things started looking down. What if Bill Belichick said, I want to start trying to find a way to motivate Tom Brady? And what if that way to motivate Tom Brady was heat praise on a backup? If the only way to, to, to keep him driving is if I appreciate everything but him. Because they say the great, the great coaches know how to get every ounce of effort, energy, and talent out of their players. And he's been with Tom for a long time. And listen, that's actually a pretty good point. Because, I, you know, I remember when I was younger, you know, I played my, my first sport that I ever started playing was baseball. And, you know, uh, I started pitching or, you know, I played third base, you know, or I'd be up to bat. And everything I did wrong, my dad, would he, he would just criticize me. And I used, to, I used to get so mad. It's like, why is he always picking out every neck? And I find myself doing now with my own kids, you know. But I'm like, why is he – why does he never compliment me, man? Like, why is it always you need to do this? You miss this ball, though. You know, you didn't put your glove on the ground. That's why you missed that. Or, you know, you, 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 you swung here and, and your head was out of it, you know. And he sat me down one day and he told me, the reason why I do that is because you know everything you did wrong. Because after the game, you come tell me, Dad, did you see me do this? Did you see me do that? And I'm here to remind you that there's always room for improvement, you know. So I'm right there with you. And Bill Belichick is that kind of guy that gets the most out of all of his players, you know, whether you like him or not, because there's been a lot of guys saying they don't like Bill Belichick, but they respect him because because of who he is as a coach. So I don't doubt for one second that he probably finding different ways to motivate Tom, you know, and and if that was his way of doing it, he, he definitely lit a fire under his behind because Tom Brady has been on fire even in his latter years. And, and, you know, let's be real, football, especially probably all sports, especially at the professional level is in a way very unhealthy. Like, you know, and, and a lot of these relationships that coaches and players have are like bad relationships in life. Or I don't want to say bad. I want to say weird relationships, you know, because it, it sounded like your dad sound, maybe is a great dad, but he, he, found, he found different ways to show you love on, in sports opposed to great job, son. And, you know, there's some, there's some other relationships, whether it be family or marital. And, and maybe – Bill knows how much he can push Tom and at the same time know no matter what Tom does, says, or thinks, he will never leave. He will never resign. He will never ask for another trade or he'll never do anything. Maybe Bill knows that and he knows where that line to push is, so he's going to push. And Yeah, because I think Tom could have easily asked for a trade. You know, oh, you like Jimmy G? Okay, keep, keep him. You know, I think his relationship with Robert Kraft 
he could have easily went to any other team that he wanted to in the NFL, you know, giving him and Mr. Kraft's relationship. So I definitely agree. He probably knew Tom wasn't going to go anywhere, and he knew just the right buttons to push because, like I heard Shannon Sharp say the other day, when he gets married, listen, you get mad all you want, but ain't none of us going nowhere. You go upstairs, I go downstairs, but ain't nobody leaving. I think <laughs> hey, I, I think that's the situation. Exactly. And and I, even though this isn't the sexy answer, this is the ESPN type of answer. This is the answer that, that everyone fires up conversation. But just like so many things in life, it's not it's not black and white. It's not one or the other. So, yes, Bill does all this to push Tom – but I guarantee you the reason Bill can take that puzzle piece of a defense and by the end of the year turn it into a Super Bowl contender or the fact that he can pull wide receivers out of Save-A-Lot and turn them, <laughs> in, turn them into 1,000-yard receivers is because he, when he goes to bed tonight or any night, Bill knows there's 52 men that he has to worry about on that roster, not 53 because Tom Brady, he, does, he, he knows as long as he's motivated, he doesn't have to talk plays. He doesn't have to do anything. He doesn't have to do film because Tom's going to do all that on his own. So, yes, I do think there's a part where Bill knows how to squeeze all the talent out of Tom. But then once he winds Tom up and gets him going, his talent's so great that it makes Bill's job that much easier, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, think about it. He won MVP last year, you know, <laughs> four and, years old. And if, if, if there ever was – you know, you're telling me a story about you, you know, little Billy and, and, and your dad being tough on you. But did your dad ever, like, after a, a tough yelling and, and maybe a rough ball game, take you out to get ice cream? Oh, he, oh, yeah. He always, he always did that kind of stuff. Well, 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 Bill just did that. Tom, you're mad at me? Buddy, I know it's been tough. Here, I got you some ice cream. It's called Josh Gordon. <laughs> Josh Gordon. <laughs> hey, I definitely agree, man. I, 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 I couldn't, I couldn't agree. I couldn't have said it any better myself. Uh, now, another qu- – you still have time, right? We, we, we're we good on time? No, I'm good to go. All right. Uh, we got uh, another quarterback in the news, another guy who a lot of people consider maybe 1B to Tom Brady's 1A, or maybe he's 1A in certain people's mind. Uh, that's Aaron Rodgers. You know, they, they asked him about, you know, the, the, the game that happened on Saturday between the, the Sunday between the Minnesota Vikings – uh, the hit uh, Clay Matthews put on Kirk Cousins. And, you know, he said he understands that, you know, they're trying to protect the quarterback, but sometimes they go too far with it, uh, you know, because it still is a, co- a collision sport and all this other stuff. Um, and this is what I say, you know, they made that rule to for for him. You know, uh, our, last year when, uh, when uh, Anthony Barr uh, hit him, I thought it was a completely legal hit. You know, I didn't think he did anything maliciously. Uh, you just fell on your collarbone, my guy. And, you know, it happened to break. But as he was walking off the field, you see them have to blur the words out. So he obviously thought that was a dirty hit. They make these rules up for him. And the same thing happened earlier in the game with Kendricks. Kendricks hit Rodgers that I didn't think it was a, a rough in the passer penalty they called a rough in the passer i didn't hear him uh get all upset about that i didn't hear him argue saying that it wasn't a, a you know a rough in the passer penalty and my thing is it's always people you know the ones that you're protecting they always be like well i didn't need that anyways you know i, I you know i didn't ask you to do that well you kind of did you know when you're blaming anthony barr for knocking you out of a game on a completely legal hit what do you think about this 
Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's easily a cop-out here. You're absolutely right. When it, it, when it happened to him, yeah, it was dirty, and it, it cost him games, and he was angry. And, and maybe looking back, maybe he realizes it wasn't as dirty as he thought. But at the time, you know, he was very passionate. And this one, he gets to play devil's advocate. He, he gets to sit over there knowing that he benefited from a bad call. Well, I don't know, I don't know if he benefited. They, they tied. But he, he lost a win off a bad call. And – but he doesn't want to sit back and gloat. He doesn't want to sit back and be like, man, glad we got it. He, he wants to save face. But what he's doing, and you got to be careful because as they've made it so clear that some of these, these hits are very subjective. The next time you get hit a little dirtier than that, you may not get that call. So you really didn't. I definitely to, agree. You really didn't say anything, Aaron Rodgers, because you had enough people already on the bad call bandwagon. There was no – everyone knows that that's because of the play last year, so you don't need to be on a good call bandwagon, uh, even though that's a much smaller wagon. You don't need to say anything because the, 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 the media has spoken for yourself and you just keep your nose down and you hope – let's be real. Let's be real. You hope that the next time that you throw an interception that you get bailed out because you get taken to the ground. Let's be completely honest. Everyone Is would love accurate? a redo button. So don't go – don't go, don't go biting the hand that throws the flag in your favor. Uh, now, let me ask you this. Do you, do you think that this new rule, like, I just don't understand it because it seems like it's the quarterback that always get these rules, you know. We got, you know, back when Brady tore his ACL, you know, and then the next year they come out that you can't hit the quarterback low in the pocket. Okay, whatever. Now you can't, you know, pick and scoop up the quarterback and drive him down. You got to. You can't put 51% of your body weight on them or else it's a rough in the, the, the passer penalty. Uh, I just don't understand why they don't protect everybody else this way because you can still pick up the running back and gang tackle him and, and dump him on his head or the receiver or the tight end. You know, none, no other position on the field gets this kind of treatment. And, you know, there's already been 21 just in these two weeks you know, 21 roughing the passer penalties, you know, starting week three. There's already been 21 roughing the passer penalties uh, already. Do you think that they're going overboard with this roughing, the, this, you know, overprotecting the quarterback and really not really caring about all the other players except for, you know, the defenseless receiver crap that, you know, we, we have already discussed at one point? Um, how do you view the NFL? Do you view the NFL as a sports recreational league? Then they are yes, all play. You know this is they're 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 hurting the spirit of the game, if you will. They are they are picking favorites. They are baby in one position while begging the other to do more. If you look at it as a business, then absolutely not. They're they're, they're protecting they're protecting their assets. They're protecting their money makers because I don't care what good team you have, they don't have a quarterback. That's not a good team to watch. So I definitely, I definitely agree. You know, so- I say the same thing about the Khalil Mack situation. You know, when people say, "Well, why did John Gruden tra- trade Khalil Mack and all this other stuff?" And I always say, "Listen, man, it doesn't matter how good Khalil Mack is. We know how good he is. You know, he put up all the stats. But it does not matter if you do not have a guy that can that's really good taking taking snaps from the center. It does not matter how good that defensive guy is. You know." If he if that quarterback is not good, I definitely agree. If you're looking at it from the business standpoint, you know, I you know, I think the NFL is spot on. 
keep so, your quarterback safe so you can so you can keep a good product out on the field. So when look at other businesses. Let's say let's say um, you have businesses of making watches. You know, you make watches and you have Rolex. You know, there's two uh-huh. there's 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 two brands, Rolex and another brand and they're pumping out great watches. And then you have smaller brands who can't afford to make the Rolex product. So they just they just pump out cheap stuff. They they break at every second. Well, if someone in the watch industry realizes that we can even roll it, we, that we can use cheaper material to make our watches look like Rolex, we can charge more money for them. So that's what we have here. For years, you've had Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and then Peyton Manning up until a couple of years ago. And they were giving you Rolex product on the field. They were giving you Rolex quarterback play. But then the NFL realized, hey, if I back the defense off, if you can't jam my receivers, if you can't rush my passers, if you can't hurt my guys, now everybody can look like Rolexes. Now Eli can look like a Rolex. Now Fitzpatrick can look like a Rolex. Rookies can come in off the streets looking like Rolexes. Sam Donald just broke the rookie record for, uh, you know, um, um, yards last year, passing yards last week with 300 and something. (laughs) So that goes right down to your point. It took took 60-plus years of the NFL to get more than one 5,000-yard passer. Now they're everywhere. Yep. So why? Everywhere you look, even mediocre quarterbacks can get – Four or five thousand yards passing. So you can either nothing to it. So if you're the NFL, you can either go out to these high school fields and these college stadiums, and you can try to find a way to turn chicken salad into or chicken, you know what, into chicken salad, mm-hmm. or you can just change the environment around it, and they'll do it themselves. Because, as you see in college, the read option is a very popular thing. The reason it's going to continue to grow, even though they've tried to snuff it out in the NFL. The reason it's going to continue to grow and mobile quarterbacks are going to make another rise is because you will not be able to hit the quarterback. Within the next couple of years, they will flag down considerably if you hit the quarterback anywhere. Not just in the pocket, not just throwing. There's going to come a time where players like Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, and, and these cats coming out of college are going to be able to run free in read options and quarterback keepers because don't hit them. I mean, you-, you know, I, I think that's a good point. Uh, speaking of that same game, uh, uh, Mike Daniels, the defensive lineman for the, the Green Bay Packers, you seen on one of the plays where he hit Kirk Cousins, you know, but he thought Kirk Cousins had threw the ball. So he kind of like gave him a little bump and then he backed off. But Kirk Cousins still had the ball and he, you know, he scurred off of like another four or five yard game. And that's the that's the effects that we seeing w- with the rules, you know, that guys are scared to hit the quarterback, man, because they're so scared that they're going to get a penalty call every single time they hit the quarterback that they can't even finish plays now. And you got guys running four or five extra yards because, hey, man, I thought I thought he released it. And, you know, I thought I was going to get a flag. You know, I think that's where it's going to actually hurt, you know, because now the defensive guys don't really know what to do. You know, it's like Clay Matthews said, like, what do you want me to do in that situation? You know, I have my head off to the side. I tackle him with my arm. You know, I didn't drive him into the ground. Like, what else do you want me to do? And I think it's going to get hard to play defense, man. Well, my question to you, is it going to hurt? I, I, I think it will. I don't, I don't because think, here's why I don't think so. 
over the weekend, what was the biggest play of the weekend? It was all over Sports Center. It was all over Facebook. It was all over Twitter. It was all over Instagram. It was all over Spox. It was all over everywhere. It was a it was a video of a North Texas punt returner, true, acting like he called a fair catch, and the guy was so afraid to hit that he stopped and walked past him, and dude took it for a touchdown. That everywhere, everyone is loving that play. And let's be real, that play only exists because of the thousand flags through when you're not sure he caught a fair catch, so you're going to hit him and make sure. I mean, they even give you a flag for standing too close to the guy when he catches it. Exactly. So, I, I, the reason why I say bad, not bad for, I guess, for the fans watching it, because that's a electric play, you know, but it's for the defensive guys that, still have to take care of their family, and now they're getting cut because you're not doing your job. So that's why I say it's going to get harder for the defensive guys because now what do you do as a defender? You know, like, one, I can't hit her. I can't hit a receiver even though he's trying to catch a touchdown pass on me. I have to wait till he catch it. I have to wait till he get back down. Then I have to let him take two steps before I can actually hit him. And it's like, what do you want me to do, NFL? What do you want me to do, college football? You know, uh, because it seemed like you guys only care about the offense. So why don't you just let the offense go out there by themselves and just throw passes? Because it seems like the defensive guys are getting are getting it worse and worse every single year. Well, and now you know why Raquan Smith held out so long to sign it. He wanted For sure. He wanted that verbiage right. He wanted to know that if I clock a quarterback because he pump faked and I thought he got or 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 or, or he. What was the play? I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank. The play Mariota got hurt on, where he did a read option so well that he got tackled and didn't have the ball and hurt his leg. So yep. I don't, I don't want a ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollar fine or a three game suspension with no pay because a, a quarterback does his job and runs a read option well. Or, or I don't, I don't want, I don't want to lose money because Tom Brady's in that pocket and I get to take a hit on a goat and I trip over a lineman and I go at his knees. Hey, that's funny, man, because when I was in high school, we ran the wing T offense. And we used to play this school down in Jacksonville called uh, Bowles. You know, they also ran, you know, the not the read option, I'm sorry, the option. We ran the wing T. You know, they also ran the wing T, same offense Georgia Tech runs. And, you know, our, our defense, our, our coach used to always tell the um the defensive ends, every time, you know, he 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 put he puts that ball in, in that uh, running back's belly. You better be hitting the quarterback. And when the referee asks you why you hit him, say, hey, listen, he's the best option quarterback I ever seen. You know, I think the NFL is trying to get away from doing that kind of stuff because they uh, – and we talked about it the other day. They want to see points. That's the only reason why. You know, point sale, you know, the more touchdowns is being scored, the more people are going to be in the seats. So I, it, it's, it's a lose-lose for the defender. Uh, now, you know, and it's only going to get worse as they try to make the game, quote unquote, safer. No, I certainly agree. And it's going to be it's going to be an ugly chemistry set. If, if you if you can uh, lend your imagination to that, uh, it's going to be adding a dose of scoring 60 points a game mixed in with a dose of how do we stop this? How do we how do we stop our defense from from stopping that? And then you're going to overcorrect. You're going to make silly plays. You're going to, there's going to be silly pass interference calls soon. A guy's not even going to touch a guy, but because he was making 
uh, silly movement out the corner of his eye, it distracted him and he couldn't make a catch. They're, they're, hey, they already doing that now when you don't even look back to play the ball. No matter if you didn't touch the receiver or not, you know, they call in the pass interference because you didn't look back and play the ball. Like, <laughs> It, it's, it's 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 getting outrageous, honestly, man. And and I never played defense. I'm a receiver, so you know, if, even for me, some of these rules is is you know, it's like, come on, man. Again, like we we revising this again so the offense can can score more points. I also like to see a good game, and nobody. I don't want to see a game seventy five to seventy, the you know, the seventy three. You know, uh, in the NFL game, I just don't want to see that. But it seemed like, you know, the NFL already know that's what sells. Uh, and the more we can keep our skill people on offense on the field, then everything else don't really matter. Well, I think there's also a part of that. We're, I think truly we are in that overcorrect now because the NFL seeing when you when you go to when you go to high school games, you see such speed on offense. And high school teams are winning. There was a high school game. Team was the score was like ninety eight to six. And then in college, you're seeing you're seeing Ole Miss getting in shootouts. You're seeing uh, there was a Division two school that won ninety eight sixty four. You know, you're seeing all this speed and, and just not really skill, just speed and athleticism score points at, at at every other level but yours. So now when you got these quick, strong-arm quarterbacks and you got these tall, lanky, or short, fast receivers and they come to the NFL and they don't translate, they struggle because the defense is just as fast, just as quick, and just as good, if not better, it, it's getting ugly. There was a couple of years there where running backs were being a bust. Receivers weren't really panning out. You know, Darius Hayward Bay, you know, tall, quick, dominated high school, dominated college, was really struggling in the pros. You know, how many times did you see RG3s and Akili Smith, guys who are quick, blazing fast in college, blazing fast in high school, just getting ran down and slaughtered in, in, in the pros? You were losing a lot of your talent because your defense was too good. I, I definitely Be- because I definitely agree with that. Defense is easier to learn. Defense is, once you get it, is, 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 a good defense is almost unstoppable. And we were seeing that. We were seeing that with uh, the Seattle Seahawks. They had big, hawking uh, cornerbacks who could jam. You had safeties that was going to send you to the grave. You had linebackers and D tackles that was just wrecking havoc. And then you mixed with, you didn't have that good of offensive players. Sure, they were quick. Sure, they were fast. But their hands wasn't there or the accuracy wasn't there. So right now, we're in the middle of that overcorrect. Now, I don't want you doing hands to my face on my offensive lineman to get to my quarterback. So now you can only tack offensive linemen certain ways. That lessens your chance to get to my quarterback. Once you get to my quarterback, you better not hit him. So now your D-line's playing at about 60%. Your linebackers are playing about 70%. Your DBs, yeah, they can jam for a little bit, but you got to start thinking in your head, am I five yards yet? And then the ball's in the air. What can I do? Now your DBs are playing at about a 90%. Your safeties have to let off. Your safeties have to take a potentially bad angle just to not send this wide receiver to the hospital because his quarterback made a bad pass. So now, yeah, I definitely agree. Times is times is changing, man. And you know, uh, we're just gonna take a quick break and then we'll be right back. All right, we back here. Um, we was reaching a point in the show where we had to cross over, but uh, we back. I got I got you here again, right, Matthew? Yes, sir. I'm here. 
Alrighty. Uh, we're gonna cover you know a couple more uh topics. You know, we got this uh Thursday night game that's gonna be on in about uh 20 minutes or so. Uh, but before we get to the Thursday night game, I want to ask you a real quick about you know um what's going down, what's going on down there or uh, up there in Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, it to me it seems like Tomlin has lost control of the locker room. But like I said before, it to me it's kind of hard, you know, to to get grown adults, you know, or for you to tell grown men, you know, what to do. It's not it's not like college football, you know, where you're still dealing with teenagers. It's not like, you know, high school football where you're really dealing with teenagers, you know. Uh, you know, this is the NFL and it's grown men. You know, you got Le'Veon Bell down on the beach riding jet skis, releasing his, you know, his EP for his album that's that's coming out. You know, you had Antonio Brown, uh, you know, uh, blow up on the sideline. Uh, he said in the interview today that that was strictly because they were losing, not because he wasn't getting the ball. Uh, but then, you know, you also had him uh, going back and forth. I don't know if really can, back and forth because there was only one tweet. The tweet from the assistant that say basically that Big Ben made, not basically because that's what he said, Big Ben made Antonio Brown. Nobody would even know who Antonio Brown was if it wasn't for, you know, Big Ben. Big Ben got uh, Antonio Brown paid, and, you know, Antonio Brown responds with, well, trade me and, and find out. Uh, then on Monday, he doesn't show up to practice. You know, Mike Tomlin don't know where he was, don't know what's going on. And then then they come out today and say, well, he, he told a couple, you know, coaches that he was going to be absent, but he got disciplined. Now, where I'm from, I'm no dummy, you know, I, you know, I'm not the smartest guy that, you know, that ever walked this earth, you know, but if you tell me that a guy already okayed it and he got it clear, why would you discipline him? You know, do, do you think Mike Tomlin, is it time for Mike Tomlin to go? Do you think he got control of the offense? I mean, uh, control of this team. What do you think going down, down there in Pittsburgh? Um, life. I mean, I, I think this is what, this is what happens. Uh, Okay, so over the last 10, 12, 13, 14 years, really two teams have stood out consistently, New England and Pittsburgh. New England's got some – you know, even, even, even when they're struggling, even when they're arguing, it's still better than everyone else. You know, they're over there having internal troubles, but they're still making it work. You look at every other team, they've gone through ups and downs. Seattle is pretty much going through the same thing, and they're not nearly as historical as the Steelers, except the only difference is they're going through this on defense. They're going through this in their safeties. And, and, and you know, Earl Thomas wants out that, you know, Richard Sherman didn't have exactly the cleanest of breakups. Uh, linebackers and D tackles, they've been coming and going for years. So the Steelers are just going through that. It just happens that you lucked out or, or, or scouting. I don't want to put it on luck. And you just happen to get one of the best receivers that would play the game. You would happen to get one of the most versatile running backs that would play the game. And now it's time to do what teams do, decline. Quarterbacks getting old, you're looking to replace them. You've got a lot of hoes to fill, so you need a lot of money. Uh, Now your receiver and your running back wants a lot of money. 
it, it's just and now you got a receiver who I guess he's got his money. I'm not sure on Antonio Brown's contract situation, but he's now Yeah, they gave him a little bit last year. I don't think he's he's making as much as he probably would like, but you know, they, they did pay him a couple years ago. So, he, but now he doesn't get the benefit from having Le'Veon on the back. He doesn't get the, he, he doesn't get the benefit from a younger big Ben. He doesn't get the benefit from a, a, a mean, aggressive defense. And now when almost like uh, how everything else works in life, when you're jealous, you're too busy focused on trying to overthrow what's making you jealous that the guy, the, the guy or the thing or the item or the player that you're jealous over is, is reaping the benefits. And so now he's over here doing whatever he's doing, and Juju Smith is just catching touchdowns. So <laughs> he's balling, <laughs> which then therefore is a vicious cycle because now it gives Antonio Brown more reason to be jealous and and not want and want more money and and want more job security. So it's really just what happens to a lot of NFL teams. It's just happening to the Steelers. It's just happening a little drawn out. Uh, I imagine if social media was as rampant as it is now that 1998, we would be having this same conversation about the Cowboys. You know, sadly, it's been 20 years since anything. Um, if you're a That's Cowboys a good fan. point. That's a good point about the social media. I think social media has really ruined a lot of things, relationships included, you know, um, and I think that's what it has a lot to do with. But let me ask you another question on this Mike, Tom- on the Steelers situation. Do you think Mike Tomlin is the first to go? We already know that Le'Veon is, is already out the door. He's already gone. Do you think, you know, let's say on Monday night when they play uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick put up another, you know, four bills on him. And, you know, he has another, let's say, three touchdowns, you know, with only, maybe like only one pick. And, you know, that offense don't look like it's, it's getting going. And and I'm, I'm on the record saying I think that first, that tie that they had with the Browns in week one, that's basically a loss because it's a division game. And the NFL is all division-based. You win, the, you win your division, you go to the playoffs. Uh, if they lose on Monday night, I'm going to say that's 0-3 in that, in that division. We already got the Cincinnati Bengals 2-0. Do you think Mike Tomlin uh, gets fired after this year? Because we also know the Steelers, don't, they normally let the coach stay until they want to leave. You know, um, they, they haven't had many coaches w- within their time in, in, in the NFL. So you think Tomlin gets a chance to stay next year? If they if they don't win a division, they have a you know a poor season. Or do you think you know he he's gone? Any other year, any other time, I could see that. Uh, any other organization, I could see that because usually the coaches are typically the first to go. And and Mike Tomlin, I saw something on on social media the other day that really uh, showed down his his struggles. You know, a lot of missed playoffs. The year he won the Super Bowl, he played a lot of bad teams. Uh, and yep. he, he, you know, and I know. Um, the Cardinals went on a great run, but that was a, a, a seven that wasn't and, a good team. That was a seven and nine team, if I'm not mistaken, with a 40 year old Kurt Warner. So, I mean, it, it, like I said, it kind of goes back to the Warriors. Depending on what side you're on, you can either make excuses or make reasons. Um, but this is a special year, I think. I think this is Big Ben's last year, so I think you're going to start going Mason Rudolph. I'm. You said it yourself. Le'Veon is all but done there in Pittsburgh, so you're rolling with James Conner. Yeah, they took him off the depth chart. He's not even on the depth chart anymore, so uh, he's already gone. <laughs> maybe you ship out Antonio Brown. Maybe you don't. But you still got Juju Smith-Schuster. You got young guys there. You don't want a new quarterback with a young running back, a questionable defense, and young weapons, and a new coach, especially in a town like Pittsburgh that isn't your flashy city. They're, they're blue-collar workers. It's not L.A. where if, if the – 
it's not Los Angeles or New York where if my team's not doing good and it's in the tabloids, I'm going to just go do something else. You know, if you're in Los Angeles and, and the Rams and Chargers are struggling, you're just going to go to the beach or you're going to go to do yeah, something else. Yeah, you got else. plenty of stuff to do. <laughs> it's, it's Pittsburgh. You work Monday through Friday, probably Monday through Saturday, and then you watch the Steelers on Sunday. And I don't think that the city wants it. I don't think that the team wants it. I don't think the organization wants it. I, I think that they don't want to lose Ben, Bell, and Brown. But these guys are starting – I mean, Ben's not. Ben's just getting older. But some of these other guys are starting to act like divas. It doesn't go well in a blue-collar community. It doesn't go good in a blue-collar city. Um, so I don't see them just flipping everything and going for a new start, especially if there's a chance that you're losing your killer bees. So you think that the, that, uh, the players will be the first to go before Tomlin? Well, yes, because I, 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 think, I think Ben's on his way out the door anyway, just based on age. Uh, Bell's already gone. And then that just leaves Brown. And when it's 1v1, when it's Bell, when it's Brown versus Tomlin, I think that organization in that city goes with Tomlin. It's yeah, gonna, because it's, I, actually, I, actually, I, I actually said different this morning. I actually said, uh, you know, because Mike asked the same question this morning on, 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 uh, on the show. And I said, you know, I think Tomlin would be the first to go uh, just because of the type of talent that Antonio Brown is, you know, and it's, it's, it's easier to re- – to replace that coach than it is, you know, to replace a player like Antonio Brown. But you might be convincing me here, you know, uh, because, you know, you, you, you do bring up a good point about that city. You know, it's a, you know, they, nothing about Pittsburgh is really flashy. You know, it, 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 it you know, it's there, there, it's hard working there. Even, even to the, the, um, the penguins, you know, those guys, you know, are gritty, they're rough, you know, so I definitely, think that you got a good point there that Tomlin may may be the one to stay and they can get rid of other guys because they can always bring new players in receivers come a dime a dozen there's so many good receivers nowadays you know uh obviously none that you know like Antonio Brown these, these top caliber receivers because he's catching 100 plus passes every single year but uh you know I, I I think you got a point there Tomlin Tomlin may be able to stay there and they go ahead and get rid of uh, Antonio Brown because <coughs> Le'Veon is already out the door. Big Ben is mulling retirement every two days, you know. So I think I think you got a good point there. Well, let me also add to that. Let me let me, let me tell you a little more. I, I've seen a lot of Steelers fans, and they, these Steelers fans aren't even from Pittsburgh. Imagine going in Pittsburgh. You're you're working potentially, and uh, and at least in ratio, you're working. You go to work. You're working harder than these guys are. You're making substantially less, and then you come home from a hard day's work making substantially less money, and you see the person living arguably a better life, making a bunch more money, whining about it. That's going to really turn off a fan base, especially of a bunch of hardworking fans, that they go home and they put in 80 hours that week. And they just you see to... it all the time on social media, man. <laughs> you make all this money, you know, just shut up. Yeah, they, 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 they just want to sit back. And I'm not saying that they're – I mean, these guys work hard for their money and their, their career is very short. I'm not saying that. But these guys are going to come home and the, their, their piece is watching the Steelers play win, lose, or tie, literally. And the last thing they want to hear is him complain. And if there was ever a position – and I know Antonio Brown's probably uh, – in my opinion, he is one of the best, and I don't know how far that is. Uh, from everyone else, but look at their history. Plexico Burris played great, gone. Uh, Santonio Holmes played great, gone. 
Uh, dude in Denver. What's up? I'm drawing a blank on his name. Uh, Emmanuel oh, Sanders. The, yeah, Emmanuel Sanders, the one that was there with uh, him and the other guy that was there with uh, Antonio Brown and right. Emmanuel Sanders. I Martavis. forgot I'm drawing a blank on him now, right now. Martavis oh, even Martavis. Even yeah. him, yeah. And now you still got Eli Rogers. You got Juju Smith-Schuster. It seems to be, and nothing maybe, – maybe the assistant had a point. Mike maybe Wallace. Maybe it's not – Mike Wallace, absolutely. Maybe it's not Ben, 100%. It probably has a little bit to do with him. But maybe it's also how that team scouts receivers, drafts receivers, system fits receivers. Guys tend to go there and play much better as a receiver and then go to somewhere else and don't always quite live up to that hype. So, I mean, Mike Wallace has been all over the place. Uh, Who knows what um, uh, Martavius' future holds. Emmanuel Sanders has been pretty consistent. But that was with with, with Peyton Manning. Yeah, and now now Denver's fits him where he can catch a lot of screens, but that's not a lot of downfield stuff like he's used to. So, look, Antonio Brown might be heads up the best, but if that's a position, if they can make it work, I, that's just all, in my opinion. And Tomlin, for the most part, does the right thing. Now, it doesn't help that you got Terry Bradshaw kind of bad-mouthing him a little bit. But and, and I'm sure yeah I'm he sure. stay he stay on on Tomlin's case all the time. Yeah, Terry, I, I, so it makes me feel bad for Tomlin sometimes because Terry Bradshaw is ruthless. I mean, he 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 goes at him every chance he get. You know, I mean, you, you get a you get a team and, and and the Pittsburgh Pittsburgh and Green Bay might be the two organizations that from Super Bowl one to Super Bowl fifty three has almost consistently competed. So you earn a little bit of that. You earn kind of the right to be a part of that fraternity. But you also have to understand times are changing as well. And, and Terry played with a much better defense than they have. So you have to remember that. I, I definitely agree. Uh, so moving on to this Monday night game uh, we got tonight between the Cleveland Browns, my Cleveland Browns, go dog pound, and um, the New York Jets, you know, Sam Darnold, rookie, or a rookie quarterback, youngest quarterback to ever start after week one. You know, stock was really high on um on, on old Sam. Uh, you know, they kind of took a fumble last week. He threw two interceptions, but he did set you know the passing record for a rookie. Um, now the Cleveland Browns are oh one and one with that tie from um Pittsburgh in week one. Uh, we know about they kicking woes. They have got a new kicker. That also scares me because he's a rookie. Uh, but they are playing at home tonight. Three point uh favorite at home. Uh. Jarvis Landry was cleared to play. I know they were saying that he was a little banged up. He had a little knee problem, but he will go. Uh, what you think is going to happen tonight? Um, it's it's not going to be pretty. First off, first off, who wins? Well, that all depends on how good the Browns play in the first thirty minutes of the game. If the Browns come out and can get off to a 14-0, 21-0 lead, I think they win it. But if the Browns toy around and at halftime it's 6-3, to 6-7, to 7-9, to I, I, I think they find a way to lose. I, I don't think they're going to get walloped. I, I think they'll lose by a field goal or lose by a missed field goal or an interception. But I think if the Browns find a way to Brown, they're going to. If, But if they can come out, no pressure – getting a nice little rhythm, kind of like they did in preseason, where they only had to play a quarter or a half, and they can jump up 14 nothing, 17-0, 21-0. I think they're going to win 24-14, 24-17 type thing. Uh, I think Sam Darnold's going to be the type of player, especially that rookie year, 
he's going to make mistakes. He's either going to make a mistake early and he's going to learn from it like week one, or he's going to come out hot and then he's going to get overconfident a la more of a week two. Uh, which, I, don't, I don't know. If, if you allow him to make that mistake early but then allow him to come on strong, you could find a way to lose it. I, I, do, I do think more than ever this is the Browns' chance to get a, a win, and I want them to win because I literally want their record to be 1-1-1. One, one, and one. Um, But it, it's really going to be a crapshoot. I'm going to go Browns just because I know you're pretty confident with that one. And if we've talked that this is, this is their turning point, this is the win that can We did them. talk about this about three weeks ago, didn't we? <laughs> we, we? We talked that this is the win that gives them seven. This is the difference between seven wins and four wins. I know it's literally just one loss or win, but I think this catapults uh, to a seven, eight, and one or a four, 11, and one type record. I definitely agree because, you know, uh, I think that they should be 2-0. and You know, field goal kicking has really been, or at the very least, 1-1 right now, even if you would say, well, they were only going to be up one point against the Saints last week, but who knows how that defense could have played with a one-point lead. Uh, but even if you want to say 1-1 one one right now, I think, you know, the Browns is really, you know, those players are thinking like, hey, man, we are a couple kicks away from being 2-0. and and if they lose tonight, this could really, I understand, this could really derail this whole season. You know, it can be like, you know what, F it, man. They may even turn to Baker Mayfield if we lose this game tonight. Uh, who knows? I don't really want to see Baker this early. I think Tyrod has played decent. I think he's played decent enough. Uh, like I said, I give him a pass for week one, the 15 or 40 um, night out on, on when they played against the Steelers because – Man, it it was storming. You know, it was it was literally pouring down rain. The running game couldn't get going. So, you know, they kind of put it on Tyrod's shoulders to win a lot in week one. So I'm going to give him a pass on that. Then last week, he made one of the great throws on fourth and five, just a rope, you know, uh, to, to tie that game up before the missed field goal. So I'm with you. I think this game right here could really catapult them if they win. Hey, maybe we can do something in this division because it could be wide open. We know how Cincinnati is. I don't think Baltimore is good. I, and I'm pretty sure you also, we talked about Baltimore before. Neither one of us think Baltimore has it. You know, with the Steelers, like I said, if they lose on Monday night, it could really get ugly for the Steelers before it gets worse. So I definitely agree. This is one of those games, and you playing a rookie, a rookie quarterback, as they show his stats on the screen right now, 66 uh, completion percentage, you know, 500-some yards, three touchdowns, three interceptions. I think this is the, the, the team, this is the player that you want to get that early jump on, uh, and this could really catapult the season for sure. Yeah, uh, you know, and, and you said that they're a couple of kicks away from being 2-0. and If they win this game, that echoes that. They build off that. They say, guys, we're 1-1-1. One, one, and one. We should be 3-0. and And then you move to 2-1-1 one, and 3-2. One, and then three, two, and one. Well, you, you, know, you kind of build on exactly. that. Exactly. But yep. if, if you come out here and you get walloped, especially if it's by more than two, you you kind of then say, well, yeah, we're just you know, gonna, yeah, we're just gonna it, mail it in. <laughs> it, it it was a fluke, you know, it was a fluke. We're we're uh, two and one, and then that somehow leads to o three and one. The next thing you know, you're just trying to get through the season, and and everyone's just trying to get on vacation. I, I definitely agree. Hey, Matthew, man, I appreciate you for coming on the show. You know, anytime you want to come on the show, you are more than welcome to come on the show. Uh, you know, we text back and forth, so you just let me know whenever whenever you want to come on the show. I appreciate you. Uh, you want to let the people know where they can find Big Blue Breakdown 
all these other things that you got going on? Uh, yeah, mainly I'm, I'm in the transition. I went on a, a small hiatus, um, mainly just uh, on Facebook right now. I'm on Cross Sports Network. Uh, just go in there, like that page, share it. Uh, I'm going to be putting a lot of content on there. Eventually, uh, here shortly, I, I would love to roll out. I'm going to I'm working on to roll out some YouTube videos and some podcasts as well. Uh, hope to get you on there, and we can kind of just bounce do back it. and forth with some ideas. Um, but guys, you know, right now, just to get everything set up. Uh, on Facebook, Cross Sports Network, working to get a Twitter, working to get Instagram. I'm behind on the time of those, <laughs> but I'm trying to I'm trying to jump full in on that. And uh, thank yeah, you you're a little old school, it, man. It, it is. I, luckily, I'm not on MySpace. <laughs> um, yeah, if you was on MySpace, man. We'll have to do something immediately about that. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, but but thanks for having me on, man. It, it's a blast. There there was times on it I forgot that we were even. Uh, being recorded it just seemed like we were chilling over a cold one talking so it's been a blast that's 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 always makes for the best conversations you know when you just forget that that you know that record button is hidden but i appreciate you man anytime you want to come on you already know what it is you know uh anytime man make sure you guys also follow the cross sports network page on facebook uh make sure you guys go get at a a, you know a, a like give it a rating i appreciate you again uh matthew for coming on the show I will see you guys tomorrow, 10 a.m. Uh, Mountain Standard Time, 12 noon. Um, also, make sure you, you check us out uh, on Sunday, uh, RTF Sports Live uh, at uh, 7.45 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, 9.45 a.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. I'll see you guys. I appreciate it again, Matthew. Uh, thank All you, right. man.